You are listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, JT the Brick. This is JT and welcome to The Game Plan. Sunday, November 29th, 2020, as the 6-4 and four Las Vegas Raiders travel to Atlanta to take on the 3-7 and seven Falcons at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in downtown Atlanta. Here we go, Raider Nation. It's time to talk about stacking wins again after the Sunday night football loss to the Kansas City Chiefs in what many people are calling an outright classic game, except many in the Raider Nation that don't believe in moral victories. The Raiders lost a great game. That was a tremendously played football game, but the Raiders came up on the losing end. Final score, 35-31. to 31. Look, if the fans were there, would it have made a difference in my mind? Absolutely. To see Mahomes come out on the field late in that game in front of 65,000 screaming fans could have made a big difference in the game. And Raider Nation, we can't wait to to have you at Allegiant Stadium for games like that one. Primetime games, Sunday games, whatever they are, the Raider Nation is missed. And we thank you for downloading and listening and being a part of what we do here. Let's jump into how the game ended for the Raiders against the Chiefs in this rivalry game. It came right down to the wire. Late in the game, Derek Carr flushed out of the pocket. He looks for the future Hall of Famer in Jason Witten. The ball down around the two-yard line. Waller comes in motion to the right side. Carr up underneath center on this third down play. And Carr keeps it. Looking for a receiver off play action. Can't find anybody open. Got to throw it. And off to this touchdown. Jackpot, baby! Vegas touchdown! Jason Witten. Witten comes through with his biggest touchdown as a member of the Silver and Black. Derek Carr, 23 of 31 for 275 yards, three touchdowns, an interception, and he was fantastic in the game. I think it might have been one of Derek's finest games. Rich Gannon told us at Silver and Black Productions earlier in the week that he watched the film and was listening Sunday night and to hear what he heard Derek do at the line of scrimmage was amazing. Complete command in his third year with John Gruden of that offense, and he was magnificent, and I think the Raiders should have won the game. But they left a lot of time left. A minute 43 for Patrick Mahomes, who went down the field methodically until he found Travis Kelsey on Kansas City's last play. Out of timeouts. You've got to get out of bounds and throw an incompletion here. Second down, Mahomes takes a deep drop. Now he's going to run off to the right. Fire to the end zone, wide open. Wide open is Kelsey. You can't leave Travis Kelsey alone. Catches the touchdown pass with 28 seconds remaining. Gut punch. Brent Musburger on the call. How could that guy be that open? A breakdown defensively. You know, that was the longest reception of the night. So what did we learn from Patrick Mahomes is that he took what the Raiders gave him. He didn't go up top. He wasn't looking to throw at 50 yards. He just wanted to chew up the Raiders along the way. And the longest reception of the night was 22 yards on the final play of the game for Kansas City, their last possession, which to me can never happen. You got to guard him. I told you about it last week as we previewed the game. You got to stop Kelsey. How could he be that wide open? Off the line of scrimmage, moved off to the safety position where John Abram wasn't there on that play. 
devastating play at the end where I think the Raiders should have won the game. I thought they were the better team that night. But that's why Kansas City's the world champs. And they go to 9-1 and and 5-0 and on the road. Tip your cap to Kansas City. John Gruden, after the game, talked about that one more play, the difference. As I say, I'm really proud of our team. Congratulations to the Chiefs. They made a couple more plays than we did. Um, I'll answer any questions I can. Yeah, well, Coach Gruden was very short in that press conference, rightfully so. Very frustrated with the way that game ended, especially on that last play. We didn't have a rush. We had a stunt, and they wanted to stunt up, and Mahomes bought some time, and he got us on a second reaction play, he and and Kelsey. It was a combination of uh, him buying time and our stunt not getting home. John Gruden's been preaching that for a long time. It was a rough week going into that game. With eight players on COVID-19 reserve, you just didn't have players at practice on the defensive side. Could that have played a difference? I think it did. A lot of people did at the end of the game. Gruden talked about the play of Derek Carr, who was magnificent and did enough to lead his team to the victory or at least keep it close. This is as good as you can play. I mean, he had four or five balls that were magnificent throws that we could have caught that we didn't make the play on. He played He played tremendous tonight. He played almost flawless. He did. Derek was outstanding in the game, and afterwards, Derek, I, don't, I thought he was very calm and reserved after the game because he's done losing press conferences before where they came up short. But they had a chance to sweep Kansas City on the season series, and they didn't get it done. It was a disappointment. Yeah. Um, it, was, uh, it was a good game. You know, I'm sure everyone... At home, enjoyed watching it. Two two good football teams going at it in the division rivals. Um, it uh, you know we scored late, obviously, two minute drive to take the lead, and then uh, you're really excited. Obviously, they go down. Uh, they're a good offense too. They go down the field, they score, and then it, just the wave, the range of emotion. You try your best to stay even keel. You try your best not to get frustrated. Um, but then, you know, you got to go out there and try and try and get a chunk play, try to throw Nelly a jump ball, and it just last situation kind of thing. But it sucks that, uh, that it came down to something like that, man. All right, so we're on to Atlanta, and Atlanta is next up. And there's a little bit of history there with the new head coach, the interim coach, and Raheem Morris, who worked under John Gruden in Tampa Bay. So Coach Gruden has a lot of respect for the Falcons, their coach, and their entire staff. I really can't. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He and Mike Tomlin uh, were young secondary coaches when I was in Tampa, and I had more fun with those guys than I, can, I can't even get into the, some of the stories. But Raheem's a heck of a coach. He's a great guy, and he knows the game inside out. And uh, I pull for him every week except this week. I can't wait to see him. can't wait to compete against him. And like I said a minute ago, I know he's going to have those guys ready. So the Raiders stand at 6-4. and four. They split the season series with Kansas City. There's a lot to be thankful for. Thanksgiving holiday comes and goes, depending on when you're listening. So if you look at all this, the Raiders have an opportunity with Atlanta now, a team that has struggled for most of this year, to beat a team that I think is a lot better than their record shows. And John Gruden's not getting ahead of himself at 6-4. and four. They were exactly here at the same point last year. Well, everything's different. You know, this every day-to-day thing that we do is different. I don't even know who's in the lineup every week. Everything's different. The way we travel, the way we eat, the way we meet, and the way we greet each other, everything is different. So I'm just waiting to see who's available for this Wednesday's practice and who, who potentially is available for Sunday's game. 
And uh, like I said last night, I meant it. I'm really proud of our players and the coaches. Uh, we've hung in there. We've, we've fought, battled, scratched. And uh, we are what we are. We're six and four with six games left. And we got to get ready for the Falcons. Yeah, the Falcons are better than you think. Uh, total offense, uh, 3,819 yards. It's a lot of uh, 381 yards a game, almost 382. That's a big deal. This team can run it and throw it. They're running the ball for 101.3 yards, and they're scoring 25 points a game, 25.2. You look at the Raiders, they're scoring 28.6. They're running it. The Raiders are for 134, and they trail them in total offense with 3,694 yards. I think both of these offenses are very comparable, but when it comes to the defense, the Raiders have struggled. Look, they gave up 36 first downs, 36 against Kansas City. The all-time record is 40. So for everybody who's saying that the Raiders played well enough, this, that, no, that stat really jumps out at you. Defensively, the Raiders are giving up 27.6 points a game, right around what the Falcons are doing, 27.5. They're identical when it comes to points and what they give up defensively. The good news for the Raiders when it comes to the passing defense, they give up 273. Atlanta gives up 300. And Atlanta is one of the worst secondaries in all of football. And that's very important as I bring this up because I think this is the key to the game. As we discuss it, is that you got to beat Atlanta. The only other team that gives up more than 300, and it's by a lot, is the Seahawks at 343. When you give up over 200 and 75 yards a game. Raiders give up 273, which is not great. But Atlanta giving up 300 passing yards a game. Raiders got a pass. Ruggs, Waller, Renfro, Aguilar, wherever you want to go with the ball, go with it. This is a defensive secondary that the Raiders can pick apart. There's no doubt in my mind that Carr, if he plays at the level he played against with Kansas City, could have a 350-yard game, four touchdowns. But they're better than you think because that quarterback, Matt Ryan, I watched the first half of that game because the Raiders played on Sunday night, last Sunday night. So I watched the first half of Atlanta and New Orleans, and it was a tight game. And Julio Jones, who's got a hamstring issue, that could be the difference in this game, him being able to play or not, because he is a beast, a big guy. Ridley, another receiver, big, oversized guy. And if they protect Matt Ryan... Matt Ryan's one of the best all-time. He's a future Hall of Famer. He is. The stats don't lie. Matt Ryan is much better than you think. He's been an MVP of the league, MVP of the league, and he had a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. What would you think of Matt Ryan historically if he won that Super Bowl along with having an MVP? You would think that he's one of the greats of all time, and he is. He is. He's that good. He's thrown for over... 54,000 yards. So he's going to go well over 60. I don't know if he'll end his career in Atlanta. But there's a guy, when you run into this guy, you know that he could make plays. And this year, not that bad for him. His rating is down, but almost almost this year, 3,000 yards, 15 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. So you just don't want to wake him up. You don't want him to have a big game. And the Raider defense... Look, I was around the team and the facility this week. The only thing I'm concerned about is the Raiders got so up for that Kansas City game and lost the way they did. 
John Gruden's got to have them mentally prepared for this business trip. This is the ultimate business trip. Get in and get out with a victory and then get ready for the Jets the following week. The Raiders are 6-4. and four. A lot of people are jumping ahead saying 8-4. and four. I'm not. Taking one game at a time in Atlanta, this football team, they want to win games. They're not done yet. And these players have been in a, in a couple of close ones this year where they were on the other side, the losing end. They're going to want to come after the silver and black. Everything's different. The way we travel, the way we eat, the way we meet, and the way we greet each other, everything is different. So I'm just waiting to see who's available for this Wednesday's practice and who, who potentially is available for Sunday's game. And uh, we are what we are. We're 6-4 and four with six games left, and we got to get ready for the Falcons. Joining us on the game plan, one of the greatest linebackers of all time, four-time Super Bowl champ, the great Bill Romanowski. Romo, in advance, have a great Thanksgiving with your beautiful wife, Julie, and the family. I hope you're doing well. Well, doing really good, JT, and I wish the same for you on Thanksgiving. Thank you. Let's get into what happened on Sunday Night Football, Romo, with the ability to stop Mahomes. He had three drives that went the length of the field. When you're a linebacker and you're trying to get a stop and a guy's just chipping at you underneath, what do you say to your teammates in the huddle? You know, it's one of those things, JT, where you just have to grind. And, you know, somehow, some way, somebody's got to step up and make a play. And it was hard. And believe it or not, it was hard for both defenses because, it was a situation where both offenses could not be stopped until, you know, Derek Carr at the last, you know, drive and through that interception. Romo, it's interesting to me because John Abram, the safety, the young safety, just wasn't a safety on the last play on the Kelsey touchdown. He left the end zone where Kelsey was going because he thought, Obviously, Mahomes was going to take off and run, but he's got linebackers there to stop the run. How do you teach that with a young safety who wants to be a heat-seeking missile and tackle and blow up every play? You know, I was talking with one of the coaches on defense uh, um, a couple days ago, and the one thing I said to him is, I love Abram, but the guy wants, just blow somebody up so badly and he needs to control that aggression and when he gets to the point where he can control that take care of his responsibility I think he's going to be one of the best safeties of all time but he's not there yet and he's going to make those kind of dumb mistakes in a big time game like that that's going to cost you, and it did. It cost the Raiders, you know, potentially the game because if he's in center field, Mahomes has to run, and you never know what can happen if you're able to hit him, cause a fumble, you know, stop him, and, you know, they run down the clock, and you're able to just, you know, hold him to a field goal. So there's so many what-ifs, but bottom line, that was that was a big that he messed up on. Bill Romanowski joins us, one of the all-time greats. And Romo, going back to Sunday Night Football, what also aggravated me on that last play when Kelsey scored, Kwiatkowski, 
who's probably the Raiders' best linebacker and cover linebacker. He was brought in to cover. Littleton was also brought in, but he wasn't able to play because of COVID-19 reserve. Kwiatkowski let Kelsey go. And what frustrates me is I understand why he did it. You're a linebacker, and you're expecting help behind you from a corner or a safety to be there when you let a future Hall of Famer run by you. I mean, Kwiatkowski had his hands on Kelsey, and then he let him go because, walk me through that, he's got to be the safety valve if Mahomes takes off and runs, right? That's what he was thinking? Yeah, it's like when I saw the play, I was like, Okay, they must be right there. I was like, they have to be in cover, some form of cover three. So, or quarter, quarter, half, or something, because, you know, unless, you know, and, and then I was thinking, hey, did he mess up there? Were they play, playing cover two? And should he have run with them? So I played around, but then I saw Abrams. You know, the free safety sitting in the middle, and I'm like, okay, they're playing some form of a three deep, and they let him, you know, they just let him go. And I'm like, oh, my God, you just cannot make mistakes like that and win big-time games, you know, uh, because – Every possession, as you saw, was so important. Every down was so important. And all we had to do was force them to kick a field goal, and we would have a chance to be able to pull it out. Bill Romanowski, and Bill, you played against some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And there's a difference between Joe Montana when he takes off and runs and Phil Simms and all those from a certain era and even the modern guys that you played against at Slid compared to Mahomes. So I understand what's going on with this Gunther defense that they're trying to stunt up front with this defensive line. But, Bill, when he sends blitz help, when they blitz, they leave the middle of the field open, and they're not good enough to cover the middle of the field. These linebackers don't cover, and if Littleton can't play because he's out for COVID-19 reserve, how do you deal with this? You're not going to switch from a 4-3 to a 3-4. The only thing you're going to do is maybe blitz a little bit more, but it seems like when they blitz, it hurts them over the middle of the field because the offensive coordinator and the other quarterback is expecting that, and they check down or, or they hit a tight end over the middle for a 10-yard gain. You know what, JT? You know what? When I saw um, Kansas City's offense, and I'm like, the weapons that they have and their ability, you know, and, and with Mahomes to make any throw, to make throws on the run, it's one of those things where you have to pick your times and be real strategic. It was a tough game for Paul Gunther to call because they're so good. And on any play, they can break it for a touchdown. I got to give it to the back end. I thought, for the most part, the back end pretty damn good. And, hey, you gotta you gotta realize this when when you play against a great team is those guys are getting paid. They won a Super Bowl last year and they're damn good. And they're gonna make plays. It's when can you 
find that third down and be able to stop them. And they just weren't able to get it done. But I tell you what, it was damn close. Romo, the longest pass play of the entire game on Sunday night football was the last play, 22 yards. And one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on as we get ready for the Atlanta Falcons and this team has to start winning again is it blew me away. Mahomes had one of his greatest games, and he didn't have one of his greatest games statistically. Statistically, it almost looks like he and Andy Reid said, you know, we're not going to go over the top on the Raiders. We're not going to go after Abram for 50 yards downfield. We're not going to throw all these go routes. The Raiders are going to give us something from 8 to 15 yards underneath, and we are just going to lightly cut them with a knife all night until they stop it, and they could never stop it. Yeah. You know, you know, JT. It's what they basically did is they went into that game and they said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna give them a seven man front. If they're gonna run, hey, let them run. Go ahead. We'll let them take the taxi to the end zone. We're just not gonna let them take the airplane to the end zone. So being in a seven man front made them a little more vulnerable to the run." And the back end was pretty strong, and they they pretty much were not going to give up the big play. And they played pretty damn good football, you know, most of the game. And a lot of times when you have a game, it all comes down to third down. And one third down stop could be the difference in the game, and... You know, I thought we were going to be able to pull it out. We just were, you know, came up short. Bill Romanowski, one of my favorite all-time Raiders, all-time legendary football players. I wanted him on specifically for this next question. So, you know, Sunday night I do the pre and post and I'm doing the post game show and call after call is about it's a loss, but it's a loss, but it's a moral victory. They could have won. I know you're not about that. You're not about moral victories. No. I'm not about it as a radio host. And I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to live with this all week before the Atlanta game where everybody's like, well, it's not that bad. They split with Kansas City. What is it like when you lose a game to arguably clearly a better team, the Super Bowl champs? You played on four Super Bowl teams. How do you live with that loss and try to take something good out of it, Romo, when you hate losing? Um, you know, I mean... You're, there's really nothing good in a loss. Yes. Let's just get that. Let's get that clear, okay? And I hope that building this week is like death, okay? And that the coaches are sweeping the corners of the room, even as good as Derek Carr played, he could play better. Even as good as you know. Certain things went in that game. They weren't good enough. They lost the game. And they're now 6-4. and four. And they got to pretty much win out here. And they can't afford, you know, to lose any more games if they want to make the playoffs. Because, JT, I believe this team could do some damage in the playoffs because they, they went toe-to-toe with the best. And they came up short. So somehow, some way, when they get them in the playoffs, if they get them in the playoffs, 
it's going to be a situation where you're one play away from being able to beat the Chiefs. We beat them once this year. We beat them once this season. Hopefully we get another shot at them. Bill Romanowski. Romo, finally, Matt Ryan, statistically, he's had a Hall of Fame career. I mean, the numbers don't lie. He's one of the all-time uh, passing leaders in this league, but he's not mobile like Mahomes. So walk me through this now. You come off a game where Mahomes is picking you apart, mobile making plays outside the pocket. Then you get a Matt Ryan who stays in the pocket and, and is not athletic outside the pocket. But what concerns me, he's similar to Brady. He looks over the defense, he sees the weakness, and the ball comes out quick. So Gunther has got to change the game plan from Mahomes to Matt Ryan, who is really sharp and is going to go to the percentage, the high percentage play. What do you think about this matchup and how the Raiders slow him down? Hey, I love this matchup. Being a defensive guy and having a quarterback that cannot, you know, is not a mobile guy, I was like, Oh, hey, <laughs> give me that all day, every day versus a Mahomes. You know, the closest thing I can think of to a Mahomes back when I played was like a Brett Favre. You know, Brett Favre was that kind of quarterback where when you forced him out of the pocket, you know, he was better. You know, so this is a situation where, you know, you know what you got with this quarterback, and now it's time to go out there and make plays. You know, sometimes, JT, you got, you know, and this is going to be a, a strategy for Gunther that he's going to say, you know what, man, I can draw up the best defenses on planet Earth, but you have to go out and execute. Let's go out and kick their ass all over the field and let's get it done. And, you know, that's one of those things where somehow, some way, a group of men have got to decide they're not going to be denied. And there's no way that they can be beat. And I felt that and came up short. Well, guess what? Now we, we reload, we go out, and we get a victory. And that's what has to happen. Romo, last thing on Nutrition 53. People need to be healthy. COVID-19 is killing people, not only getting them sick. And your immune system, health, people aren't exercising at the level they used to be able to go to the gym. They don't have the gym equipment. They lose out. What are you telling people now about concentrating on their health as the virus is not getting better it's getting worse, and we're waiting for the vaccine. This is an important question because your fitness and health is very important to you. It is. And, you know, what I tell people, if you don't have a home gym, you know, get out and walk three to five miles. Do push-ups. Do sit-ups. And make sure you're loading up on vitamin C and vitamin D and eating and drinking a lot of water. So... You know, those are the basics. And then it's about being lean, strong, and fit. And that's where, you know, getting enough protein in and, you know, and that's what you got to do. If you focus on getting enough protein, your vitamin D, your vitamin C, you got half the battle right there. And then if you got to go out and 
I don't care if it's run. I don't care if it's walk. I don't care if it's, you know, air squats. I don't care if it's push-ups, sit-ups, whatever. You got to move your body every day. And, you know, that's what I preach. And that's what I do day in and day out. Thanks, Romo. Great talking to you. The best to you. I wait. I can't wait to see you. This town needs you. The Raider Nation needs you. We need to see you around more, and hopefully it's sooner than later, okay? I can't wait. Take care, JT. You got it. Bill Romanowski. Wow. He's fantastic on the game plan. That's why, you know, I, I, put, I booked this podcast with the help of a few people, and they said, who do you want this week? Well, I said, Romo. I want to know about the defense and how the defense can play better going off the Kansas City game into Atlanta. Boom. There's the guy. Better get to Matt Ryan. I watched the first half of that game before Sunday night football, and I'm telling you, Matt Ryan's good. He's got big receivers who are physical and get and get open. The Raiders are going to have to be exceptional, especially in their secondary, to beat Matt Ryan, a future Hall of Famer. Well, it's Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Raheem Morris, a guy that I have a lot of history with. I know he's going to have his team ready to play. He wants that head coaching job, and he might just – a darn sure deserve it. Touchdown, Las Vegas. Since starting Allegiant some 20 years ago, we've flown more than 100 million people to be with those they love. We're pilots, flight attendants, and technicians. But we're also parents, spouses, and neighbors. And just like you, we're excited to reconnect with the people and places that matter most. That's why we're going the distance for health and safety, on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com. We continue on the game plan with a guy I go way back with over, I think now it's 24 years, John Fricky from the game in Atlanta joining us. He covers the Falcons as good as anybody, and I wanted to get him on this week to preview the Raiders. John, I hope you and your family are doing well. How are you? I'm good, JT. It's good to hear from you, my friend. Great to hear from you. Let, let's get into the Raiders lose on Sunday night in a very dramatic game where it looked like they had Mahomes beat. Mahomes went the length of the field, but... Earlier in that day, I was watching Atlanta and New Orleans, and I thought early in that game, Atlanta was going to make it a game and maybe win the game. It looked like they were locked in with their receivers and Matt Ryan. How'd you see it? Yeah, then uh, Julio Jones is just not healthy, and when he's not out there, he, you know, he commands you know so much attention with uh, you know, doubling him over the top that it frees everybody else up. And when he can't go and he had to get he had to leave the game, it just changes the tempo of the game. I'm not sure he's playing this week. I was talking on my show this morning with, uh, you know, my co-host with Hugh Douglas, saying that I think that, you know, maybe we should all just let Julio sit out the rest of the year. He's not 100%. He's had this nagging hamstring for a long time. So, again, he exits the game, changes the complexion of the game. Uh, New Orleans is able to change their defense. And uh, the, the Falcons are just, I don't know where they're at mentally right now. And, and so when they get out of rhythm, they're just sunk. It's interesting to me because Arthur Blank, with all his money, there's going to have to be a reload. There's been a lot of drama coaching over the last couple of years. Save the coach. The coach loses their job, Quinn, to what they're doing now. Does it seem like the owner is more frustrated? He wants to keep great players, but he knows he's got to get younger and rebuild. With At 3-7, and seven, where do they stand as an organization? Yeah, no, this is going to be a rebuild. It is. But the, the problem is they're stuck with, you know, with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, and I know stuck is a relative term, JT, because, I mean, talking about two guys that are going to go to Canton someday, but, you know, and, and, and can still play at a very high level, but at the same time, you know, their cap hit just prohibits them from being able to move on and, 
and really kind of change the complexion of the offense. So whoever the new head coach is, whoever the new general manager is going to be, is going to have to do a workaround for at least two more years. Uh, and I know some Falcons fans are saying, hey, let's, you know, let's uh, draft a quarterback here. I'm trying to talk about that ledge because this team needs line interior play and they can't pass. If, if they're in the top five or six and Gregory Russo from Miami's there, they just can't pass on them. They missed on Vic Beasley. They missed on Tack McKinley. They can't afford to miss again on a defensive end. They've got to get some playmakers on that defensive line to go alongside Grady Jarrett. So, yeah, the Falcons are in uh, reboot mode, rebuild mode, whatever you want to call it. John Fricky joins us as we game plan Atlanta hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. How good is Ridley as a wide receiver? Again, he looked good early in that game against New Orleans and Gage and the rest of the depth, even though Julio, as you said, hasn't been 100%. The rest of this receiving core looks pretty big, stout, and can make some plays. Well, yeah, again, but yeah, I really, really, really can do some things by himself. He mm-hmm. really needs to. I, I look, I like Calvin Ridley a lot, but I'm not sure he's. You know, people say, well, he's a number one. You know, I don't know. I don't know that he is. Uh, you know, Atlanta was blessed with two number ones back to back. You know, in Roddy White and Julio Jones. I think Calvin Ridley is a very good wide receiver. I don't know if he's a number one wide receiver. I think he's a one and one A guy. Uh, so. Uh, he could be. He's not the kind of guy that can beat double coverage all the time, where Julio Jones could, can. Obviously, he's just so big and strong. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, I like Calvin a lot, uh, and I think he'll be part of this team for quite some time. But right now, the the, the issue right now, JT, is that th- this line isn't blocking anybody, and this is a lot of money they spent trying to. They, they spent most of their money on the offensive side of the football, with uh, you know, with new contracts to guys like Ryan and Julio, and to. Jake Matthews and, you know, Alex Mack and uh, Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry, they use draft capital, two first-round picks. Uh, so, and they, the line is just moderately average. I mean, they're starting nine guys on offensive were first-round picks, and then they're, they're getting this kind of a result. And, you know, right now things are not good in Flowery Branch, and I think the Falcons, I'm not going to say they've mentally checked out, but, boy, I tell you what, it's, I don't, they're 3-7. and seven. I can't imagine them finishing with more than five wins. John Fricky joins us in Atlanta from the game. He's been in the business a long time. And John, you've had a great career and a lot of people question Atlanta as a sports town. I I was never one of those guys. I've been there for Super Bowls, Final Fours, big events. It's a massive sprawl. You know, I, I live in Vegas, but I lived out west in LA for a decade and you know, I know big towns and big suburbs and big sports fans. It's Georgia football. It's also the Falcons. The Hawks are in a rebuild and all this. The Braves, I love the Braves. And, God, they were up 3-1 on the Dodgers and what happened in that. But what, where, where is Atlanta as a sports town with the Falcons, with that gorgeous new stadium, which is still new, and being vibrant? Are these fans in love with this team or very critical? Oh, they're hypercritical. Uh, and, and rightfully so, I think. You know, the franchise, you know, JT, and honestly, this franchise never fully recovered from 28 to 3. And, uh, you know, they don't want to admit that. They did go back to the playoffs the next year. Uh, they had first on a goal in Philadelphia. Uh, they get a touchdown at the end of the game. They beat the Eagles. Nick Foles never happens. And the Falcons probably back in the Super Bowl back to back. But they never really recovered. And the messaging from Dan Quinn got stale. Uh, they missed on number one draft picks. They, they did really well deep in the draft, but they missed on number one draft picks, and this has kind of left them in a, in a lurch. You know, I, I never understood this whole thing about Atlanta being a bad sports town. I mean, you know, it's an unlucky sports town. You know, we won a soccer title, if that counts for anything. It does here. 
Uh, but you can't get a ticket to the soccer team. They sell it every single game. 70000 for soccer. You know, 70000 for soccer. You can't get a ticket. Uh, the Braves get 3 million fans. The Falcons, when, they, when we do have fans, are sold out. The Hawks last year averaged over 16,000 fans a game for a team that won nothing before the COVID hit. And so, I mean, no, this town goes to the games. It supports teams. Uh, it's just a, kind of an unlucky town when it comes to yeah, it's a, it's a curse. There's no curse. It's just been an unlucky town. And, you know, I, we keep thinking if they're going to start winning titles, though, you know, that, that, that'll kind of shake that. But so far that hasn't happened. What's Atlanta's perspective with the Raiders coming off Sunday night? They already beat the Chiefs. Chiefs only lost this year. The transition move. You go back, you know the history of the Oakland Raiders, L.A., and now Vegas. Does it roll off the tongue, John, yet? Or is it still tough to say Las Vegas Raiders? Well, I can't wait to see the stadium. I haven't been in Vegas in a while, J.T., I can't wait to see that stadium. Even if I go and see it and just tour it, I'm, I'm really excited to see the new stadium. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad for the Raiders. I wasn't sure how it would work. I mean, the whole concept of you know the you know the, the black hole and versus the glitz of of the strip. Uh, but it, you know, the the Knights worked better than I thought they would. So I don't know why the Raiders wouldn't work better than I than I would imagine that they that they will. And, and John Gruden, give him credit. He's done a wonderful job. Nobody in Atlanta expects they're going to win the game on Sunday. That's for sure. Raiders have, uh, you know, that are really, see, that's a team that's done a really good job of drafting. They've started to form an identity. I don't know if it's the Raiders identity of old. It's kind of a new, new version of the identity. It's more of a Gruden identity, but it's workmanlike. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, look, I think Kansas City knows that the one team they don't want to face again in the playoffs is the Raiders. They don't want to face them again because I don't think they can beat them. Yeah, that's the perception we're getting out here coming off a really tough gut punch loss to Kansas City. But, again, I've been telling everybody, and I wanted to wrap it up with Matt Ryan, one of our favorite topics on sports radio nationally is who's in the Hall of Fame or not. And for me, Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers and Eli are all in. They all walk in. Eli's got the two Super Bowls, had great postseason moments. And I look at yards and touchdowns. Baseball, I look at home runs, RBI, ERA, Cy Young, whatever it is. Matt Ryan is easily a Hall of Famer. And I think he's got years left. And probably after Atlanta can get out of that deal, he might want to stick around and play another two. With Brady playing at 43, how much longer do you think Matt Ryan wants to play? Well, he can certainly play five or six more years. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I, I think that you know, he's going to end up top five passing yards all time. I mean, I don't know what else you want out of him. He was the MVP of the NFL and, and you know, would have won a Super Bowl if, you know, not for – you know, a defense is suddenly just gagged and the team that just stopped playing and Kyle Shanahan just quit coaching them uh, and they got super conservative and they played scared and, and just, really, again, you know, but I, yeah, I know I could see Matt Ryan going to another team, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, matter of fact, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, it wouldn't shock me if next year is his last year here. He restructures his deal and his mm-hmm. cap hit isn't going to be so commanding after next season that the new coach is going to come in one year, Matt Ryan, and one more year, Julio Jones, and then, and then Falcons will move on. So, you know, I think Matt will move on to a team. And, uh, you know, I, I could see Matt Ryan actually going back I, going back home to Boston. He, he, look, he could be that next. He could finish his career with the Patriots. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I've always thought the world to him. And when he has time and he knows where the ball's going and he, throw, he runs a lot of Brady, he throws to the high percentage open receiver, and the Raiders are going to have their hands full with him. John, great to connect with you again. You're perfect for this breakdown. I wish you and your family the best, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too, JT. He's a good friend of mine. He and Mike Tomlin uh, were young secondary coaches when I was in Tampa, and I had more fun with those guys than 
I can I can't even get into the, some of the stories, but Raheem's a heck of a coach. He's a great guy, and he knows the game inside out. Thanks to our guest, Bill Romanowski, RomoCop, and John Fricky. I hope you enjoyed him. He knows that team. We want to make sure we gave you a preview of that team. And again, thanks for listening. Thanksgiving and the holidays, probably the most unique and difficult and different Thanksgiving of your life. Think of the players also that are navigating through this season, not able to get a Thanksgiving holiday with their family the way they typically would be able to do that. So a lot going on with the Raiders, but I'm very thankful for the way they've played this year. And 6-4 and four with that brutal schedule, Raiders are in a good spot. Every Raider fan would have took 6-4 and four with two games against Kansas City, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Buffalo, and Josh Allen. All those games on the schedule, a trip to New England, 6-4 and four is something to be okay with. Not thrilled with, but this win against Atlanta would be monumental. It's a big game, and the Raiders need it, and they got to play desperate, play hard, and do everything right, and then come back home and get ready for another cross-country trip to take on the Jets. For everyone at Silver and Black Productions, I'm JT. Thanks for downloading and listening to the Game Plan Podcast. Thank you for listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network.